You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm just trying to be a legend, you know, trying to be one of the best to do it coming out of my hometown. I knew, like, in, at heart, I was a defensive player. And, like, my mentality on the field, I was always a physical player, even at receiver. I'm a dog. I'm a competitor. You know, I want to be great. And whatever team picks me, I'm going to prove them right. You know, I'm going to make them proud for sure. Yo, welcome to All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Bryant McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. The name says it all. If you like what you hear, make sure you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash all things covered. So make sure you subscribe and turn on your alerts so you can get the show right away. Pat P, I know we got another great episode, but what are we going to cover on this show? Hey, yo, Matt, we got plenty to cover. And we also have plenty of Seminoles on our episode. We have talked to, I think, one Gator in the recent episode. No but question. we never talked to anybody from the U. We one of my either. favorite schools growing up. But we got our, our guy, Gregory Russell, on the show today. NFL, outstanding NFL prospect as our NFL series continue. Stay tuned. Doom, 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 doom. Y'all know what time it is. First quarter of the show. This is where we chop everything up. Over the last few weeks, we've been going, we've been taking you inside the draft prospects of some of the top prospects that will be available in this year's NFL draft. And later in the show, Make sure you guys stay tuned. You don't want to miss this great conversation we will have with Greg Russo, talking about some of the teams he's feeling excited about that potentially could draft him. It could be your favorite team, or it could be a team that you hate. But regardless, you definitely want to hear what he has to say about where he could potentially go in this year's draft. We believe he will be a first-rounder. He also believes that as well. So make sure you stay tuned. But on this episode of Chopping It Up, we want to focus on Detail the interview process, some of the things that you had to do to get your body ready, some of the things you had to do to get your mind ready, all of that. It goes into the entire bowl when you're trying to put together a nice dish. So, Pat P, your dish was your dish was unbelievable because you went extremely hot. But your your pre-draft process, when you talk about the interview process, we've been hearing some of the stories from former prospects, the weird questions, the unexpected questions. For you, when you were getting ready for the draft, did you encounter any weird questions? Man, I encountered a ton of weird questions. Really? And the weirdest question of them all was from the Cincinnati Bengals. What and I have is? a uh, not I won't say necessarily say a great relationship with Coach Marvin Lewis, but you know, I run I run into him every now and then on the golf course. Mm-hmm. And they asked me, what is the difference between a pencil and a pen? Pencil has lead. Pen has ink. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was the most bizarre question I've ever been uh, asked to answer before. I was like, "What? Are you serious right now?" But erase a pencil. You like? I was like, "How how much further you want me to elaborate?" Like you said, you can't erase a pencil. A pen is ink. A pencil is lead. I mean. But what else more do you want me to say? A pen is more, I mean, you can erase a pen, but it's more permanent yeah, than, no. uh, than a pencil. I, I didn't know how much more they wanted me to elaborate on what's the difference between a pencil and a pen. But <laughs> that, that makes sense. That's the, Cincinnati. Oh, that, that's Cincinnati for you. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. Pat B, I know you've said before that the Cardinals, you never spoke to the Cardinals instantly. Right. Yep. Uh, when you when you talk about the reoccurring conversations with one organization. So cl- I would say it's safe to say you didn't expect to get drafted to AZ. But what not. team did you think you were going to go to? I thought I was literally I was I thought I was going to Houston. I thought I was going to oh. Houston, Houston or uh, who was the second uh, uh, Denver. So I thought I was going to Houston and Denver because I had the most interactions with them. Mm hmm. And Denver had the number two pick, yes. and Houston had uh, – they were outside the top ten because they took J.J. Yeah. I mean, yeah, T.J. Exactly. They took T.J. No, no, Houston were 11. No, they took J.J. Watt. J.J., J.J., yeah, my bad. They took so J.J., not with, T.J. Uh, I can't remember the GM name at the time, but he was a brother. He was uh, a I think it was Rick – was it Rick, Rick Smith? Yeah, it was Rick. 
So yeah. we was like, man, like, man, we really love you. We, we love everything that you do. We, I think they had just drafted Kareem Jackson the, 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 year before. the year before. They wanted him to be the nickel. They had Jonathan Joseph already. Uh, they wanted to add me. Uh, I can't even think of the safeties they had. Uh, shucks. But they had a, it, yeah, he ended up going to Denver. I can't think of his name right now. Safety that went to Denver from Houston. Yeah. Um, I can't yeah. think of his name right now, but he was with, um, I think right before Vance Joseph got there, because Vance got there in like 2013, if, if I'm not mistaken. But I literally, I thought I was going to those two teams. But the only interaction I had with Arizona was with your former teammate, Deshae Townsend, who was end up end up being my uh, my corners coach. Yep. And that was the only interaction that I had with them. And that was in the, uh, you know, they call like the, um, I can't remember what they call it. It's like, almost like a car wash where you go into this big room and all 32 teams are there and their representatives and you kind of just walk around. They kind of pick you, mm-hmm. you know, if they want to talk to you or whatever. So that was the only interaction. I didn't have no draft meeting with them. I didn't have no, no work or no private workout with them. Oh, San Fran. I thought San Fran was going to get me too because I had two private workouts with, uh, San Fran at the time. Uh, I had no private workouts with them. I had literally, I didn't know, I didn't even know Arizona area code. That's how shocked I was when they called me. I was like, 602? Yeah, you know who that was. You probably thought it was Mississippi <laughs> like, or something that? like that. And you was at the table with me. I'm like, yeah. 602? Who the heck is that? <laughs> and it was Coach uh, Ken Wizenhunt, man. Wizenhunt. Yeah, wow. that's why I started my career, man. <laughs> and in San Francisco, they took Alden Smith at number seven. Yep. yep. So mm-hmm. Denver took Vaughn to. San Von Fran Miller. took Alden seven, JJ, Houston JJ, JJ at eleven. Yep. Wow! I wonder how mm-hmm. that oh, those fan how the fan bases for those teams here knowing that you know their team yeah. actually was high on you. Yeah, and Cincinnati was in there too, but um, and that's honestly why I made that decision to go to Minnesota because Zim was the DC at the time at Cincinnati. And I was, they, yeah, they had uh Leon Hall, and I can't think of the other other corners that they had there at the time. Leon Pac-Man Hall. Jones may have been there right when I think they may have drafted him. I mean, uh, picked him up picked right him when up. I had after I got drafted because we played against them. Because Jonathan Joseph was gone already. Oh, so oh yeah, exactly. So that's why they uh they was high on me as well. And man, Zim, you know, just yeah, hit it off. Pick his brain. Yeah, being able to pick his brain. Obviously, seen his resume. Just just being able to talk to him and just seeing his mentality, how you like to play football, how you like to attack offenses um, on Sundays. I was like, yeah, this this could fit right into my, you know, my wheelhouse. He, he loved playing man to man. He loved being aggressive. Like, that's what I want to be a part of. And I thought Cincinnati, I thought I had a shot in Cincinnati as well. But they ended up taking A.J. AJ Green. That's funny. That played a big part in your free agent decision. Those conversations you had with Zim oh, back yeah. then that you yeah, remembered. Like, like, you know, man, you know, yeah. you want to put yourself in the best situation possible. You know, you want to mm-hmm. put yourself in a situation where you think you can thrive. And I, I felt like, you know, being in this system, having the dogs that they have on the front seven, having the defense of mind that Zim has, you know, and also the resume that he has. I was like, this is a, like a match made in heaven. You know, the yeah. guys that he was able to, you know, to be able to to further their career, the guys he he, he was able to help, you know, Brighten their career like the Xavier Rose, um, mm-hmm. etc. I was like, yeah, this 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 might be uh, the perfect match for me. If, you know, if it wasn't if it wasn't Tampa, you know, I wanted to go somewhere where you know I knew I knew the system, I knew that they will do something tailored to my game that I'm good at. You know, so yeah. that's why I feel like Minnesota was uh, the perfect match for me. Yeah, I know. Uh, talking about the questions, crazy question. I had Chicago. Chicago asked. Which food do I like better? Microwave food that comes out of microwave or food that's cooked? Oh, oven? Uh, oven. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what frick? Like, what you mean? What, like, what is that? That doesn't mean microwave food. Like, what you telling me? I, I mean, hope you're telling microwave I mean, I, I said the only thing I really like if I had to choose either or coming out of the microwave or coming off a stove is the, 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 the cup of noodles. You know what I mean? You put the, you put the water in. Them the Roman noodles. Them Roman noodles. When you put them in that cup, oh, you gotta get make sure make sure you don't put too much water because it's gonna overflow in the microwave. You gotta clean the microwave. So now you feel, so now you feel like a uh a chef now, so you know you know how to the the no right question. amount of water. You can't hit the line, you gotta go a little bit man, below the line. What, they tell you where to put the water at, Matt. 
Man, and that's what I'm trying to tell you. I had many experience, many experiences when I went at the line and the water overflows in the microwave. But yeah, Chicago asked me that question, like what, like which, which, which food you prefer? Microwavable food or food out the, uh, out of the, uh, stove, oven? Like, hey man, I like, I like my food off the stove, man. It's fresh. I thought, I thought it was a trick question. I said, uh, are we talking as an adult or are we talking as a child? Like what's, where are we going? Like, hey, that's a, hey, that's a valid comeback though. Cause you're right. Cause as a child, you can pop that thing in the oven at man, any time. I don't give like, a dang on what it is. Man, but when you get older, you're like, man, that's a little tough, man. I need, I need that thing a little bit more moist, man. I throw that thing in the oven on top of the stove. <laughs> no question. No, you're a child, man. You like anything out of the microwave because it happens fast. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait. It right. might not taste as good, but you don't care at that time. You're just trying to get on through. Hey, long as that belly got full. No question. No question. <laughs> I know you guys are ready. It's the second quarter of our show, and usually we jump right into Has Pat Heard. Don't worry. It's coming, but we're going to make you wait. That's what I call a tease. Also, stay with us. We got Greg Russo joining us after halftime. Quality, entertaining, informative conversation, so make sure you stay tuned and stick with us for that. But right now, before we get to Has Pat Heard, we're going to jump and talk about some other topics that has surfaced throughout the sporting world here especially with the NFL, J.C. Treader and the union. They're urging players to boycott in-person OTAs and mini camps. Pat mm. P., they're trying to urge you guys to boycott any in-person OTAs and mini camps. So, the, so what that means is don't show up for anything until it's time to get to training camp. Cause last year, remember, remember everything happened virtually because they had to. Now we had, did, did we not have mini camp last year? No, y'all didn't have mini camp last year. Everything yeah, was virtual. I'm with that plan, man. Oh, you with that plan? No doubt about it. Oh, so you all in? Man, more time with the family. Cause you think about it, man, the guys who just won the Super Bowl, they've been off football in February. Yep. We normally start back up April. That's two and a half months off. That's no time for them to really be, cause at the end of the day, like, like Chris talked about, we're dads. You don't want to be no third string dad when you're a, a starter on the football field. Yep. I think we need to have more time with our kids, with our family, with our loved ones, because the good players, they put so much time into it during the season mm-hmm. to where, you know, like my wife, you know, my wife is great at it because, you know, in the season, it's just all business. It's strictly football. You know, yep. Nothing else matters, but me being in a position to be the best player that I, that I can be. And so you telling me that I'm, I only can give my loved ones three months out of the out of the off season for my full attention. Mm-hmm. I, I think you know I, I feel like this year it was I, I I can't tell you the statistic on the injury, but I didn't see any no no production drop off from anybody. I didn't yeah. see you know although I think it's 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 prominent for the young guys who are getting drafted, of course, but for the guys who who's been into the league or guys who's trying to make their way into the league or the, the the rookies, I think those are the guys that should be able to, you know, if possible, get the extra training or the in-person stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, because I, I just think that that that's now with me being older and now with me having family, now with me having kids. Yes, I love my job, but at some time at some point, you know, I am a full time dad. You yep. know what I mean? So I want to be able to take my kids to school, not for no, no three and a half months, no two months. I want to be able to enjoy my off season because the guys who really truly love the game when they're in the game, that's all that matters. Yeah. I got a quote from your former coach thoughts from February. If we lose the spring, young players are not getting developed. And he said the veterans love that uh, because that means they don't get to take their jobs. That's what BA is saying. Of course, <laughs> coaches are not. <laughs> hey, you know, coaches not going. They, they they're not in agreement with that. And other news, not uh football related, but golf related. Last weekend, it was a big, big event in Augusta. The Masters. Mm-hmm. The Masters took place. Uh Hideki Matsuyama wins the Masters. Take away from Augusta. Number one, how surprised were you seeing Hideki win the Masters? Masters and you predicted Dustin Johnson, DJ to win. Yep. Dustin and Brooks didn't they missed the cut. So what were your thoughts coming from the from the Masters? 
you know, I wasn't surprised to see Hideki win. Um, Hideki has always been a solid player. I've seen him, you know, play over the last three years. Just a very smooth, compact swing. Um, just very in control of his golf game, you know. Uh, and for, to see what he was able to do around the golf course at Augusta was remarkable because the course played so hard and the, the greens were so firm and he just made it look like it was just a pitch and chip contest, you know, minus mm-hmm. I think it was 16. That he took the bogey on. Maybe it was 15. I can't remember. It was on the back nine, though. I can't remember the exact hole, but he, uh, he kind of misjudged a, uh, a little bit and, uh, ended up taking the bogey on that hole. But for the most part, he was in control of that whole tournament. So I was not sure. I was not surprised at all that he won it because he won before, you know, he, and he did it in this fashion that he, that he won here, uh, uh, in Augusta because, uh, I believe it was 2019 or, tw- or 20. When he won the uh, the waste management, you know, I had an opportunity to watch him uh, play out here in Phoenix and, and see him, you know, strike the ball around the course and pretty much play mistake free golf. And he pretty much did the same thing there at Augusta. It was uh, unbelievable to watch. And congratulations to Japan for having um, the first uh, Japan born uh, Augusta national champion. Yeah, first Japanese male to win a hey. major championship. Right. And uh, this is not a joke. And I know um Sergio made a joke of this uh a couple of years ago with Tiger, you know, saying the fried chicken. But um it's gonna be interesting to see what Hideki choose for uh, his first dinner when he goes back to uh when he go back to um mm. Augusta as the returning champion. So I can't wait to see that menu um with Hideki because I for me What would be your first yeah, what would be your first dinner? You no, know, you say if I was Hideki or if it was me choosing If it was you, it's you. Oh, if it was me, man, Mac, I need me some Salisbury steak, mashed potatoes, <laughs> greens. Yeah, that's cornbread. Hey, matter of fact, to top it all off, man, I need me some fried okra too, man. You said Salisbury <laughs> steak? Well, you went back old school, didn't you? Yes, sir. Hey, <laughs> and man, that Salisbury steak used to come through in the clutch. Hey, man, rest in peace to my late grandma, Margaret Peterson. She used to come through with that Salisbury steak. Hey, I already know you with that fried okra. You already know where you got that from. You already know. That's straight South Carolina right hey, there. And another side note with my grandma, man. I never forget, man. I used to love these uh gizzards growing up, right? Them, yeah, them gizzards. Yeah, and yeah. my grandpa used to eat gizzards too. But, you know, as my grandpa got older, he started losing his teeth. Mm-hmm. So my grandma, to make it act like he was still eating gizzards, she fed, she fried uh I can't remember what liver it was. I think maybe it was chicken liver. Uh, Mac, I came into the house right fresh out of Eli. I think I'm in the uh, south. Um, my uh, my sophomore year in high school. I'm like, oh man, grandma don't cook some fresh gizzard. They hot. It's actually liver. Yeah, I know. Yeah, fresh yeah. Gizzard, you know gizzard a little tough. You gotta chew them. It's it's harder. Yeah, you fried right. so gizzards is liver, tough. You going you get, straight through that thing. No question. Man. That's so the I, thing I like about the liver. It's, it's easier. <laughs> Man, I ain't like that, Mac. But them chicken, so I, that chicken gives it. You gotta be chewing, 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 chewing. You know, Mac, if you don't chew honestly, good enough, you swallow it, man. You might feel right. like it got stuck. <laughs> hey, Mac, I don't dress the thing up all nice, man. I have ketchup, my hot sauce, yes, my mustard. Sir. I'm all you set. Put mustard, you put mustard on your gizzard? Yeah, man. I, I, like must, that, I, I do like ketchup. I like that tang, man. So I put a little mustard, just a little bit. <laughs> man, I finished that thing. I almost bit my tongue because you know I'm 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 I'm, I'm expecting I'm, the I'm, toughness. Yeah, I'm, prepa- I'm preparing myself for the gizzards because, like you said, it's tougher. Yeah, man, I went straight through that thing on liver mass. Said, Margaret, <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> hey, hey, and Aunt Margaret to give you whatever you want, boy. She had you, you get, boy. She had you spoiled. Whatever you wanted, hey, to eat whatever. That's the top off the story. You know what she did? Because you know, What's Omar, that? the corner store used to sell the gizzards. Mm-hmm. Oh, she like, got sorry. some. I'm sorry, baby. I got a dollar twenty-five for you, right? Here to get you a medium gizzard. No question. No question. No question. <laughs> hey, no question, man. Good times, man. You and you know, Aunt Margie and, and and Uncle B used to have the storehouse. Man, oh, man, they had man. it all for us, man. That storehouse. Listen, they had we, the storehouse. We, hey, we was never hungry at Seven Eleven, man. No question. I had everything: the chips, the hot sausage, the hot sausage, <laughs> the salt and vinegar potato chips. They had it yeah. all. Lily Dillies. had no it all, question. man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good times. Good times. Uh, some sad news we'd like to mention real quick. The legendary, iconic entertainer, actor, DMX passed away this past weekend at the age of 50. Uh, DMX was very, very influential, not just in the rap game, but the sporting world as well, as well. I listened to a lot of DMX songs 
uh, when I was a youngster getting ready for football games, playing little league football, playing high school football. Uh, no, mostly playing high school football. I'm sorry. Uh, but DMX, man, he impacted a lot of people. When you think about DMX, Pat P, I think, you know, there's so many things you can highlight. So smart, you know what I mean? So talented. But DMX had a way with words. And I think me personally, one of my favorite songs with DMX, his Dark, Hill is Hot album, that one, two, that intro. I mean, when you hear that intro, doom, doom, doom. Doom, 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 doom. Like you play that in any arena, any stadium, or if you in the locker room getting ready to put that tape on your wrist, you know what I mean? Putting that eye black, putting that eye black under your eye, you know, putting your shoulder pads on. When you hear that, that takes you to a whole nother place. Like right now, whoever's watching us or listening to us, go listen to that one, two while you clean the house. I bet you clean the house a little different. You got a little edge. Go listen to that one too when you're on the treadmill or you're taking a lap or running or running around the neighborhood. You got a little edge. But that one too for me, man, Pat P, man, I hear that right now, man. Just the intro. It's like it's time to go to war. I mean, yeah. I don't know, not necessarily saying war, but whatever it is you got to go do, that gives you a little added boost, most right. definitely. So our condolences to, to DMX's family and anybody associated with him, Rough Riders, Swiss Beats. One thing I can say, the verses, and we talked about the verses uh, before in our show with Master P, with Fabulous, you know, the entertainers that we had. And they were all saying how big and how monumental that experience has been. And one of the more recent verses that we saw some months ago involved DMX and Snoop Dogg. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so, so that definitely was huge. You know, Pat P, is there any song that you can think of when you you think about DMX that kind of hit home for you? Ah, I mean... DMX is, I mean, he's just a legend. I mean, I like that song with him and, uh, what is it? The Money Power Respect. Mm-hmm. Locks. He was in that, yeah, Locks. He was in that joint. Um, What's My Name. Mm-hmm. That's just a banger that just get that blood hot. You know what I mean? Uh, what do you really want from me? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, X got so many anthems though. You know what I mean? Right. Just, it was just monumental just to, you know what I mean? Just hear those, hear those songs. Like you said, when you, when you, when you, while you get your finger wrapped up, you just kind of feel the energy, the passion that they're putting into that song. And it's kind of feeding through you as well. No question. So it was like, man, it was, it was definitely like when you heard a DMX song, get ready for a song, I mean, get ready for um, a game. You was definitely ready to run through a wall. Fire slipping, up. slipping was another yeah, class. Slipping, falling. Can't you get up. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, he got he got he got a bunch of bunch of hits that you know definitely in my younger days, like my first two years in the league, especially in college. Yeah, I used to listen to a ton of DMX because you know when in college, you know you, you I don't know what it was in college. You just you just felt different. Like, it was mm-hmm. a different type of hype in college. Like like the the adrenaline was just different in college. It, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was because of the like the real tradition behind the the, uh, the institutions that we went to. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it, or, or we're trying to get to where we're trying where we at what we end up accomplishing our goals. I don't know what it was, but just in college, just the atmosphere, the intensity level was just totally different. So when you heard one of those DMX songs, a mystical. You know, all those artists in that time that had like, you know, some real stuff that we can relate to. Mm-hmm. It was like you felt that, you know what I mean? So it was definitely a, a joy to uh, to be able to to grow up and listen to to DMX for sure. No question. His music will live forever. Condolences to uh, DMX's family, anyone who's associated with him. Right. Now, the tease is over. It's time to get to it. Has Pat heard? Boy, I think we got him right now. I'm going on the beat, baby. Hey, has Pat heard? So for the new listeners and new viewers tuning in for the very, very first time, number one, we thank you for giving us an opportunity uh, to fulfill your, your eyes and fulfill your ears. But this section of our show, we decided to implement because during the offseason, Pat moves around a lot. And when he's moving around playing golf, he's not really listening to what's going on in the sporting world. So we want to kind of test this gangster, to say the least. Right now, his overall record, he's 17 of 26, meaning out of 26 questions, he's gotten 17 right. He only got one wrong last week. He was three of four last week. Let's see if Pat P can get them all right. I think we got three questions for you. Number one, have you heard Julian Edelman retired? Actually, 
Is it is it yes or no? I, I did not hear that, but I saw something on Adam Scheffler. I was rolling up on my uh, Instagram and I saw a picture of uh Julian Edelman like as his like post, but I didn't read it. So I kind of saw it. You kind of <laughs> saw it. Uh, I don't know. We got to go to the committee to see what the committee says. So I didn't, I didn't, like I said, I didn't read the captures, but I did see the post that Adam post, but I did. Did, did he officially retire though? He's a, he officially retired. And I know first, the first thing I thought about was it's, it's a Tampa Bay move. He might, cause he failed a physical. Uh, uh and that was, I guess, you know, he, led to, his, he messed up his knee, right? His knee or something. Yeah. But you know, I'm thinking, man, Tampa, uh, Tom trying to get him down in that good weather. Cause you know, in hot but, weather, your, your ligaments and they warm up quicker. The thing is though, he got, he gonna have to stay retired this whole year. Uh, unless yeah, that's the thing. Man. I think he officially, I think he's done, done. But if but, he is done, done, is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? No. No, exactly. No. no, Hall of Hall Hall of very good. He yeah, he's a good player. expectations. He's a solid player. Yeah, yeah no solid player, about. but no, yeah. not Hall of Famer. No, I understand no. when you look at his numbers, especially in the postseason. I think he has the second most career postseason catches behind Jerry Rice. But he played right. with the Patriots. They played in a lot of playoff games, and he was definitely influential in those playoff games. But at, you can't name any time in his prime years where you would say Julian Edelman was at least in the top five receivers discussion Amazing. yeah as an individual no super uh he, plus, like he won a super bowl mvp as well but hall of very good i agree with you not a hall he's of definitely man. he's definitely one of the guys that i would want on my team for sure no Tough nails, I, yeah don't catch everything you know the crazy thing about julian too is you know he has very acceptable speed you know he obviously his 40 time won't say that but he yeah. can get behind people he can get behind mm-hmm. people and run away from them as well and that's the difference between you know, a ball player and a, a guy that's just good on paper. Yep. I mean? Okay. So we got to go to committee, go to the committee about that one. Cause you know, you kind of gave us, I kind of saw it, but I didn't really hear it. So we got to see what the committee says. The I did not hear it. It, it, it is, has Pat heard. So I did not hear that. Okay. So you, technically, you I got white it flag. Uh, technically I got it wrong. All right. Second question for you. Aaron Rodgers guest hosted Jeopardy last week. Man, I, I did see that, and Aaron did an awesome job. And he's doing it again this week as well. Might hey, be setting up another opportunity. He's doing it again. He might need to keep it because the crazy thing about it, when I saw the NFL post it, when he was on there, I think it said 2012, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. He was crushing it. No and the, hearing the background uh behind it of him, like, you know, wanting to have this job one day, so – as you know, being a, a great NFL player, if there's something that you set your mind on, you want to be great at that too. So yeah, it was only, you know, hearing that story and, and seeing it come into fruition, it was only right that, you know, Aaron was going to be the best host that he can be on Jeopardy. And I thought he crushed it. You know, I thought he, I agree with you. I thought he did, did a great job of, you know, communicating with, with the competitors, did a great job of interacting with the camera. I mean, I thought, I thought it all overall, it was awesome. So I, I definitely, uh, won't be surprised if, uh, Jeopardy host is in the uh, future. <laughs> no question. I'm right there with you. So you got that one. The final question in has Pat heard? Talk to me. I, I think we got him. Eric, I think uh, we got he him. Got me. Eddie George hired as Tennessee state head coach. Oh, you heard that one. Saw it right. morning. <laughs> you heard that one. I mean, Eddie George, as far as I know, no significant coaching experience. Uh, what are your thoughts about, you know, the, the thoughts of, uh, of the trend with former players with limited coaching experience getting head coaching jobs? How, how, how do you feel about that? I think it's, I think it's big, man, because we've been in this game for a very long time. As a, and no, nothing against the coaches that didn't play in this game. Nothing against them at all. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like we can't relate to them as players. You know, yeah. they're just going by off what they read or what somebody else taught them. They haven't really been through the experience. And I just think hiring former coaches or former players as head coaches is great for any institution because now you have a, a prominent player that's, yeah, Eddie's in the hall, hall of famer, mm-hmm. you know, uh, no, I don't think he got 2000 rushing yards in, in the league, but he was, no, he, yeah, yeah, but he was he definitely was a big time player. He, yeah. He had, he had a couple, couple big time uh, rushing season. But a guy who won the, high, won the Heisman. Yeah, won the Heisman in Ohio State. Yeah. So the guy who had such a promising, you know, career as a ball player, you want to have those type of guys around the kids that's trying to get to the next level. 
No question. Especially with the kids in the HBCUs. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge so, for the HBCU yeah, uh, so, programs, you know, you know, with the light that they've been receiving now continue to uh, brighten that light with Prime, you know, doing what he's doing at Jackson State. Now you got Eddie yep. George. And I, I, I think Eddie is trying to bring in Hugh Jackson to kind of be the OC. Really? Uh, you try to bring in uh, Ray Lewis. Uh, you know, he has Jeff Fisher, like, on the advisory committee. You know what I mean? Okay. So so they're he's doing some good things. And he's Dominique Rogers, Kamardi was on the staff, the previous staff. So hopefully they keep him on staff as well, which would yeah. be a, would, who would be another former player. So right. uh, I, the, I, I have no issue with it. I think when you look at the HBCU uh, programs and what they've been doing this season, having their season during the off season, uh, they've been getting a lot of attention and it's good. You know, we highlighted, we've highlighted uh, quite a few HBU, HBCU uh, individuals and then universities as, as well. So I'm all for it. I'm right there with you, Pat Pete. And, Matt, and go back to, to that hiring. You obviously know, you see a lot of guys like Steve Nash, for an example, getting mm-hmm. a lot of flack of being a first time, uh, head coach, didn't deserve the position, this, that, and the other. But you think about it. This guy had a promising career. So therefore he knows how to be a pro. He knows mm-hmm. the proper steps to take to be successful. So one, why not have a guy like that in charge that been through the ranks, that been through what the players that he's coaching, trying to go through, why not have him coach him versus a guy that's been a pretty much a pop Warner coach, pretty much raised, raised up in the ranks and, and got the head coaching job or the, you know, the top job or whatever, but mm-hmm. really never had no real experience with I agree. playing. The I like game. It. You know yeah. what I mean? So I like, I like former players getting, getting, getting these gigs because what it's going to do is it's going to make it better for, it's going to make, it less of an excuse of NFL hiring black and uh, African American coaches. Mm-hmm. So I love yeah. it. Let's go. Take advantage of the opportunity. Let's see exactly what happens with Tennessee State and newly hired head coach Eddie George. Now, it's time for 21 questions. We're almost at halftime, but before we get to halftime, you guys know we got to go show some love to our fans, our faithful supporters. 21 Questions is where we get a chance to interact with you, the fan, the listeners, and the viewers. If you want to have your question answered on the show in the future, leave a question attached to a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we may get it to the show. This question comes from Dave Richard. What's up, Dave? Fantasy expert, by the way. Shout out to CBS Sports HQ. Dave says, hi, guys. Love the pod, by the way. Let's say a college cornerback sticks to one spot in college. What do you look for on film to know if he can handle playing other spots like nickel at the next level? So basically, Dave is asking, you know, if you see a a cornerback that's only playing the outside corner, never really being involved inside the dime of the nickel, what are you looking for in his game to see if he can handle that transition on the next level, which is the NFL? Me personally, I'm looking at how he moves. Mm -hmm. Because I've been a, a a slot guy that's the most agile position on the field. Yep. So I want to see how he moves. I want to see what his footwork looked like. And the most important part, most important part to me, is he able to locate the ball? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If he's able to locate the ball, have good feet work, and being able to be, you know, a guy, you know, he don't have to be a small guy. I just need him to be agile. I want to be, I want to see the way he moves against sudden changes. You know, that's, that's the couple main points for me. And also, you got to be able to tackle being inside because you know yeah. when they when they run the ball, you know you're you're kind of like a linebacker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so you got to be able to bring the thump and be able to uh, get get runners on the ground. Those to me are the main four things I'm looking for. You really don't need speed because at the end of the day, the nickel position is the safest position on the field as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you have linebackers that's able to help. You got a corner. That's able to help you if you, if he's in the in the, in the, uh, in, the, in the zone thirds. You got a safety over top of you, so if he's able to move well and also able to think, because at the corner position you gotta you gotta run with. I mean, at the nickel position you gotta be able to run a lot. You gotta mm-hmm. be able to run with motion. So uh, uh, change of strength may change. So you, your assignment may change. So you gotta yep. be able to think on the fly. So those are five things I said four earlier, but those are five things that I'm looking for. Um, out of a corner in college, you know, if it, if I was, you know, if I'm looking for, you know, to put him in another position, if it is, if he's solely an outside guy 
if I'm looking to transition them into the inside. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Lateral movement is imperative for anybody who's playing the nickel. Yeah. Your lateral movement got to be on point. If you're bigger, if you're a big guy or a little guy, your lateral movement got to be on point. And the nickel is the one position when you're talking about be, talking about being a cover guy where it's okay to be more quick than fast. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cause you got, you got to, you change the direction. You know, sometimes yep. when you're playing the outside corner, you, your leverage can help you in coverage standpoint. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They have an extremely wide split. You, can, you know, you, you line get, up you inside. Four, three routes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can kind of start taking away <laughs> certain routes. When you play that nickel, you got they, got a two, they got a two way go on you. They got a two way go. And sometimes and the whole if, they hit, three. if they hit you with that option route, where they going to just run a route based on your leverage, you got to be able to adjust on the fly. Yep. So yeah, quickness, lateral movement, tackling, and also too, just the cerebral part, how fast you pick up on certain things are things that we will look for. If we only saw you do one thing, on the collegiate level. Shout out to Dave Richard, man. Thank you for the question. Big time question. Uh, like I said, if anybody would like to have their question, uh, show up on our show, you know what I mean? Just leave us a five-star review attached to your question and we'll try to get it on the show. We want to remind everyone that you can find us on Instagram at all things covered pod. Each week we give clues for our next guest and the first person to guess correctly, they get a follow. And they get a shout out on the pod. So we have to shout out T Drew. T Drew, who was the first to guess JC Horn and Asante Samuel Jr. last week. Man, T Drew, how did you do that? Again, follow us at All Things Covered Pod for the very best content from the show. Now it's halftime for us. And like we were promising you guys throughout the show, the beginning of the show. Man, we got to go put some pressure on the quarterbacks. Me and Pat P, man, we've been covering too long. It's only right that we go get one of the best pass rushing prospects that will be available in this year's draft. Greg Russo will be joining us after halftime. Stay tuned. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yes, sir. We out of the locker room. Me and Pat P made some adjustments. Man, we told Coach, man, like, man, listen, to, yeah, we we need a pass rusher, man. Quarterback got too much time. He going through his third progression, his fourth progression. Man, we got to get somebody who can put some pressure on the quarterback. So Coach went in, say, you know what, Greg, you in. <laughs> Greg Russo is not in the game, man. Join us here, all things covered. Draft prospect out of the University of Miami. Man, I don't like saying that. The University of Miami. That doesn't sound good coming out of my mouth. You? No, no, Pat. We don't say that here. We don't. We don't call. No, we're not saying that. The Miami, the University of Miami. That's the only thing I can say. All right. 2019 All ACC performer, considered one of the best pass rushers in this upcoming draft. We'll hear his name called extremely fast. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram, the same name, at Greg underscore R5. Greg Russo, man, thank you for joining us. How you feeling? Feeling great, man. You know, I'm blessed to be in the position that I'm in. Now I just got to keep on getting better and take it a day at a time. Talking about the position you're currently in, man, fill the listeners and the viewers in on your draft process because you decided to opt out 
didn't play one down this past season. So yeah. your draft process is safe to say started maybe in August or September. So fill us all in on your draft process and what your day-to-day routine was like and what it's like currently. Yeah. Well, of course, I opted out. You know, I started training real early. Of course, I'll do all like the 40 stuff. But honestly, while while it was like the fall and winter at that time, I was mainly just focused on like just becoming a better player. So working a lot of hands, getting my hands quicker, upping my football IQ, uh, always working on my pad level when I'm doing drills because I'm a taller guy. So I have a tendency to get up high. And obviously, if you want to be good at football, you got to stay down low. So definitely been emphasizing that a lot. Just getting better. Uh, and a part of my, and one part of my game every single day, whether it's mental, physical, spiritual, pretty much anything is growing as a person and as a player. And you worked out with Chuck Smith, right? Uh, and we know he's one considered one of the best technicians when it comes to pass rushers. How was yeah. that experience for you? It was great, man. Just to pick his brain, gather some knowledge from, him. you know, it's always an opportunity talking to somebody who's been in the league or even played in college, somebody who's played football and, and been in my shoes. So it was great to learn from him. He also taught me, uh, the cross chop technique. So it was, it was awesome working with him. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. But yeah. so what led you to opting out? You know, obviously a lot of college players opt out over this weird pandemic year. So uh, what was the reasoning behind you opting out this season? A big part of it was my, my mom who was a COVID nurse at the time. She was going through a lot. So being able to opt out and, and help her out a little bit definitely played a huge role in that. But also just the uncertainty. There wasn't really a plan set in place at the time. There was a lot of uncertainty was revolving around the season, especially the college football season. There was conferences like canceling their own season and all that stuff. So there was just a lot going on at the time. And basically you just wanted to focus on yourself and get yourself prepared. Exactly. Yeah. But at the same time, I was super excited because playing in the league has been a dream of mine since I was a little kid. So to to take that next, like that next step towards that was, it was awesome. And the crazy thing about it too, though, G, if you think about it, this is your, that was your first time making the executive decision. You know, because when you come into the league, it's all, you know, you gotta, you're gonna be on your own now. So you have to make a lot of executive decisions. So you made a, a early executive decision by, uh, not, uh, not attending the University of Miami, uh, the last past season. But I also saw that you had LSU on your offer list. What led you to stay home in Miami? I mean, I thought about it for sure. Like LSU is my brother's dream school. So when I got that offer, he was like, bro, you, like, you gotta go. <laughs> you gotta go. But like Miami was coming at me too hard, man. Like Miami sat me down. They had a plan for me. Like they taught me the defense and, and all that. So like, I guess cause like the proximity to home, it's easier for them to reach me. I was at Miami way more than I could get to LSU or anything like that. So like the relationship we built between me and Miami is just, it, it just happened a lot quicker and it's faster than it happened for any other school. I got you. In yeah. high school, you played all over the football field. Yeah. But, you know, they said you were real good at the wide receiver position. Yep. Uh, what led to you deciding to give up being a wide receiver to put your hand in the dirt? Because you were, you were balling as a wide receiver. So it wasn't yeah. like you were struggling. But what led to that decision? I'd say I realized, like, a trend in the offers I got. Like, I got, like, NC State, Iowa State, West Virginia, which are big schools. But I got all of those for, like, receiver slash safety. But like the bigger offers like Georgia, Miami, LSU, I got those for outside linebacker, edge rusher. So I thought to myself, like, man, I must project a lot better at edge rusher slash DN slash outside linebacker. So I was thinking like, that's probably the best position for me moving on, going to, going into the future. And it, it worked out. How difficult was that transition for you? Because most wide receivers, as, as we all know, being defenders, uh, on this interview, most wide receivers don't like to be hit. So if you don't like to be hit, you don't like hitting people. So how was that transition from catching passes, scoring touchdowns, to now trying to hit people and sack quarterbacks? How difficult was that? I feel like for me, since I've been playing football since I was like a young and like seven years old in pads, I was always on defense at first. But like as I got older, I wanted to score touchdowns and stuff. So then I transitioned <laughs> to wide receiver. You feel me? Cause yeah. you, you know how it is to be scoring touchdowns in high school, all that, all that cool stuff. But like I knew like in at heart, I was a defensive player and like, my mentality on the field, I was all, I was always a physical player, even at receiver. You know, I wouldn't let nobody jam me or none of that type of stuff. So like, that was just the way I came. I looked at the game. I was never like a pretty well receiver is, is what I'm trying to say. I was never that type of receiver. So like, I mean, it was really a smooth transition for me. I mean, I'd use the same releases sometimes that I used on the line at receiver. Just to oh, kind of okay. the line really? a little bit. Yeah. Gotta okay. get stocked yeah. up sometimes. Yeah. yeah I, it I, it I, makes I, sense. <laughs> makes sense. You got that, that chop or that. Right. Whatever uh-huh. they be doing. Hey, you got to that shoulder, baby. 
Yeah, you gotta dip that show. It, it, it makes a lot yeah. of sense. That hey, that was a I know Pat P. That had to have been his first big time executive decision to leave the wide receiver position, go play D. Yeah. Ah, I like hey, that might be it. That, <laughs> that might definitely be it. might be it. Hey G, uh me and you have something not necessarily in common, but I was a, a former teammate of a guy who attended the University of Miami and Calais Campbell, who was a awesome teammate. Mm-hmm. I played with uh, Calais as well. Yeah, which was a giant. But we uh we saw over the last few months ago that he showed you some love. Uh is there any tricks and trade, you know, with you guys having similar body types um that Calais have uh shared with you? I mean, he always tells me always just to keep my pads down because, like I said, we're taller guys, so we have the tendencies to get up, high, the tendency to get up high. So he's always telling me like pad level, pad level, and I'd be texting him. He'd be giving me tips on just how the league is, and you know, just to get my mind right and stuff like that. So he's kind of like a mentor to me, and kind of like just like that. He's like a big brother to me in terms of advice and all that type of stuff. So he's definitely somebody who'd be looking out. Hey, G, real quick, what young guys don't do. And I can contest this because I've seen a lot of young guys grow through this. You know, yeah. obviously Calais has been there and he's done a lot of great things in this league and you've been clinching on to him now. Don't let go. You know what I mean? Cause Calais has been an all pro guy. He's, you know, he's been on all decade player. So he know how to get there. What young, some young guys lose is, Oh, I want to be in this position, but not really paying attention to the fact that this guy's trying to help me get to that position. Yeah. So don't lose focus on that. Calais is a good man. You know, like I said, I was a teammate of his for five years, always mean well. And he definitely want to see you achieve all the goals that you set out for yourself. So like I said, my advice to you, stand in his hip pocket. No you know, question. Don't, don't, don't let your pride, you know, take over, you know, over, you know, whatever it may be. Just literally just, just learn. Cause that's what this game is all about. You mm-hmm. want to learn from the guy who's done it before you. And also create it into your own. So don't lose focus with that, G man. Like, like I said, Khalil is a good guy, one of my favorite teammates that I ever had in the past, and he knows what he's talking about. Like I said, you yeah. guys have the same body type, same body structure, so you can you can definitely uh, learn a lot from him because it's not many DNs at six seven. Yeah, mm-hmm. league, you know what I mean. <laughs> so you can definitely learn uh get a, a couple trick and trades from my man, the sleeping giant. For sure, appreciate even, that. Even when you start balling. Man, yeah. keep reaching out to some of the savvy vets that are around you or some of the peers that are balling. You know, yeah. the, 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 the smartest people and the best people are the people that are always willing to learn from others. Yeah. And they don't think they know it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. So even yeah. the great ones can learn something new. Yeah. 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 Man, be, being from Broward, an area that has so much, so much talent, pro-like talent, man, t- t- take us through that experience because you went to high school in Hialeah, but what people don't realize, you're from Broward. You know what I mean? And, and, and we had Asante Samuel Jr. on with us last week and he said, you know, coming from Broward, it's a little different. Swag a little different, man. Talk about your upbringing before you went to high school in Hialeah, Miami and just being, you know, in that Pompano area, uh, yeah. that Pat P is from and talk about the talent that was around you. I mean, it's crazy, you know, like, like go, going to the NFL, like as a little kid, I'm like, man, that's like one in a million, this and that. But like growing up in Broward, you see it happen to <laughs> this dude and that dude and then, it, it, is, it comes to you like, man, it's not impossible. You feel me? Like, obviously, mm-hmm. I, I'm blessed with certain traits, like height and length and all that stuff. But definitely just having that mindset, seeing it happen around you. Like, for example, uh, I went to Monarch High School at first. And then when I was a freshman, Calvin Ridley was a senior on uh, on our team. And then wow. when I was a freshman, Jerry Judy was a sophomore on our team. So I grew up with him. I played ball right. I played seven on seven with him. So just being around that, it really, like, it'll bring your confidence to the next level. It'll bring your competitiveness to the next level. It'll, it just makes you want it even more seeing those guys go first round. So I'm trying to be in the same in the same boat as those guys and be, like, I'm just trying to be a legend, you know, trying to be one of the best to do it coming out of my hometown and hopefully, like, influence and uh, really just give other kids motivation growing up and seeing me do it. And, and then maybe they could be like, yeah, Greg did it, so I could do it too. So that's really just my goal coming hey, from Hey, Pat, P, you know, you know what'll be real cool? We got to get Eric, Eric on, on his research, man, get his team together. We need to figure out after this year's draft, how many Broward County natives, you know what I mean? High, that play high school ball in Broward or from Broward have gotten drafted first round. Hey, and we, I, I, we up there. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to go back to the 2000s, I don't know how we would, what would be the cap off point. Listen, but, I, I, I won't be afraid to say, we're number one. 
to be honest. But y'all know how it is. You know how the boys from Dade always, they feel like they got the best everything down there. So, you know, Dade would definitely have something to say with that, <laughs> say about that. But I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking of the top of my head, you know what I mean? Over the last, if you want to do over the last 20 years, clearly over the last 10 years, I think Broward has been on point. He's yeah, been, I agree. I, I agree. I but, mean, you can go yeah. through the list of teams and there's a lot of guys that, we don't realize actually from Broward, you know, yeah. they had that same recognition as well. That's the thing. That hey, you know who I found out from Broward, man? I did not know he was, well, they say he was raised in Broward, but he went to Georgia. Tyree Hill. Tyree Hill, yeah. I did mm-hmm. not know that. From Lauderdale, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So he was, he was, he was raised in Fort Lauderdale up until he was seven years old. I was, I'm, I'm guessing, but then he moved to Georgia and mm-hmm. that's where he lived uh, the remainder of his life. I did not yeah. know. Was a, a broad Tyree got a little bit of both, best of both worlds, Florida football and Georgia football. No doubt about it. Yes, sir. Yes, <laughs> hey, sir. G, with us having the mindset that we have being from Broward, how do you evaluate your um, your pro day? Because to me, I thought you had pretty good numbers. Obviously, 6'6", six, six, two, 266, you ran a 4'6", 8", in the 40, 30-inch bird, 21 uh, bench press, 9 feet, 7 inches some numbers. Broad jump. 11 inches on your, in, in your uh, hands, 83 wingspan. How do you evaluate your pro day, uh, seeing all those numbers and, uh, after your performance? Yeah, I feel like, like it was a, it's, like I said, it's a blessing to be out there to compete one last time in my school. And also they welcomed me in a great way. Like for someone who opted out, you know, they, they still got mm-hmm. a lot more for me and vice versa. That's good. It was, it was great to be back there for sure. I feel like I compete. I feel like I had a solid day. I could, I feel like I could have done a couple of things better, but it is what it is. And at the end of the day, you know, my goal, it was never like to be the best pro day player ever. It's to be like, it's to be a pro, you know, and to, to have the best career I could possibly have. So after that, I really just put it behind me in a way. And I'm just super excited to just take that next jump. I've been working on a lot more like football stuff now as well. I, I stopped all the 40 training, all the bench press stuff. I'm yeah. still working out, of course, but I'm just excited to start to be able to only like just work on football and conditioning and just get ready for training camp or whatever uh, they throw at us this, uh, this season. Have teams any have asked you, uh, you know, anything about the lack of film in the last season? Obviously, they seen you play. You had 15 and a half sacks in, in 2019, yeah. but obviously not playing a full season. Have any teams have any had any concerns about that? Yeah, some teams will ask me like, why should we draft you, uh, like only with only one year of experience? But what I'll tell them is that like at the end of the day, you can talk to people at my school. I'm a dog. I'm a competitor. You know, I want to be great. I, I feel like I have a really solid work ethic and whatever team picks me, I'm going to prove them right. You know, I'm going to make, I'm going to make them proud for sure. I'm a, I'm going to prove to the, t- to my teammates that I'm there for a reason. You know, that I'm not just somebody who just, who just had it handed to them. And that like me, even though I may have like only played one year, one year of college, I feel like I, during that one year, I, if you watch my film, I grew game by game, got better. My production went up, you know, I, I learned the playbook better, like just like just the little nuances of it. You know, I feel like I was just becoming a smarter player every single game. So I also tell them, like, if you watch my film, turn my film on, you can see that I grew a lot during the year that I did play. Yeah. Right. I mean, you played one year and gave them 15 and a half sacks. Yeah. And you, didn't, you didn't start until week six. I know, right? Hey, they don't hand those up. <laughs> Fat no. Peter Man didn't become a consistent right, starter until week six. The game, Mac. I already did the math, man. Yeah, <laughs> fifteen and a half. That, that's 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 what you should tell him. I only played one year with my hand in the dirt and dropped fifteen and a half. So what do you think happened in year three, year four? Six games, Mac. He played basically. That's crazy. He started six games. He played in all. He played in all twelve, but he started six games. He got a high ceiling. What MJ said: the the ceiling is the roof. Remember when yeah. MJ said that? <laughs> the ceiling is the roof for Greg. <laughs> the, the ceiling is the roof. I don't know what that means, but if MJ right. said it, it made sense. It makes sense. No doubt about it. The ceiling is the roof for you, Mr. Russo. Definitely. Hey, 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 talking about the draft, man, give us a little insight here. You know, we got a lot of different NFL fans that are tuning in, watching us, listening to us. Give us an insight on some of the teams you really feel like you've gotten a real good vibe from. You know, teams that you have interviewed with via Zoom or teams that were at your pro day. Are there any, you know, uh, specific teams that you feel real good about? There's actually, there's a good amount. I feel like just name some off. I'd say, I'd say the Titans. I'd say they need, they need, boy, they need a draft. They need a, they need a rusher. Bad. Okay. The Titans. And they got a bunch of picks too. They got a bunch of picks. <laughs> but you know, he only considered, he, he think about the first one. He not, he, he not think about it. He's going to be the first one. But I'm just saying they got a bunch yeah. of picks. <laughs> okay. We got the Titans. Who else? Cowboys. They need a rusher. Uh, yeah. Who else? Uh, 
Eagles. I, I talked to, I talked to all of them, but I get good vibes from the Eagles, uh, Falcons, um, Jaguars. So I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of landing spots and a lot of places I can end up at. So I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait. I don't really know who they, people tell me that like the draft is crazy and it goes either way. Like you sometimes you get picked by a team that you didn't even think likes you. So I don't know where I'm going to go. That's crazy though. To go back to my draft story, I never had a conversation with the Arizona Cardinals. I never had a conversation with the, the Steelers either. I didn't yeah, talk to so Steelers one time. It, it's literally going to yeah. go totally opposite. Hey, good point. Hey, hey I forgot about that. Right yeah. <laughs> I thought I was going to Atlanta. Atlanta, I had a, a phone call with the owner and the GM on Friday before the draft. Uh, I'm down there, AJ, trying to get me some jewelry. Hey, hey, I'm down there, AJ, trying to get me some jewelry, trying to get my little piece and chain together. I'm on the phone. I'm like, man, but anybody get back in Atlanta? That might be all right. And I'm right. like, wait a minute. Hey, I'm like, what? I'm looking at Pat. Use that my draft. You remember how hot I was? Why I was still oh, yeah. hot, boy? Why I was still hot, boy? <laughs> oh man, I thought, man, listen, that's the thing. Don't expect the worst. Yeah. Just to kind of take away some stress that might happen or some disappointment. Yeah. Expect the worst. When I had that phone call from Atlanta, the worst. Hey, yeah, expect the worst. You know what I mean? Hope for the best. I literally thought I was probably going to Atlanta maybe in the late first. You know what I mean? And when that didn't happen, man, I said, man, I went to throw up all my fruit cup, man. All the little fruit I had off my dish. The man went and hide in his room, man. I ain't want to talk to nobody. <laughs> I ain't want to talk to nobody. <laughs> Pat Peter boy want to aggravate me. Why you hot? Why you by yourself, man? Leave me alone, man. I feel you, bro. I feel you. <laughs> Leave me alone. Hey, speaking of the draft, you know, Greg, you actually planned on attending the draft in Cleveland, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to talk about. <laughs> un- unfortunately for you, Greg, you were, you, were, you were a year too late because last year it was supposed to be in Vegas. Vegas, I know. Yeah, but you still want to go to Cleveland, believe hey, That's man, cool. I ain't going to lie, man. You might be better off going to get you a spot at Found Blue, man. <laughs> for real? Pat, the, the man want to go to Pat. You went to the, the draft. Pat, did you not go to the draft? I did, but there's so many uncertainties. Like he talked about going into the college football season, man. Yeah, that's like Cleveland might rain. It might be cold. <laughs> Hell, Pat, don't know if anybody going to show up. You only saying that because it's Cleveland now. So if it was another city, okay, you being biased to Cleveland. So All what right. I'm saying is he can enjoy it better in Miami with his people. Yeah, they go to Mount Blue, man, G. Get the, get, the, get the penthouse, man. Get the penthouse. It's too late. He already it's told the league he's going, so he got to go. What led to that yeah, decision yeah, to right. go to the draft, though? What led to that decision? Uh, <laughs> really, really just talking to my family and stuff, talking to my agent, and, they, and they, just, they all said I should go, and they all wanted to go. But I wanted to go, too, for sure, because I feel like walking across the stage and shaking the commissioner's hand, that's, like, iconic, of course. No so question. Like, yeah. Doing that, that would be, be dope. I'm really looking forward and, to it. I'm just talking trash. Go enjoy that. Go enjoy that moment, because it, it really is, because – I was in a in a situation to where we didn't know Will's gonna play football. So I was in the situation of Will's in the lockout in the wow. midst of the draft. Yeah. So I was like, man, I'm just like you. I'm like, man, that's an iconic moment. You know, you walk across the stage, you always dreamed of that moment of your name being called, you holding that jersey up, this kind of so now I was just I was just pulling your bed. Go enjoy that moment. For sure. Hey, great. <laughs> when they call your name in the first round, right? When they call your name in the first round, are you gonna hug Roger Goodell or are you gonna give him a handshake? What you feeling? Uh, yeah, I guess you don't know because hey, I, I, I asked myself the same question, Mac. I I just went with the flow. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> the flow. I'm gonna just do what feels natural, bitch. Hey, I tell you I'm what, gonna tell you right now, he probably gonna grab. He go, he probably gonna reach out for a hug first. I'm just letting you know. For sure, for sure. <laughs> if they call your name super early, you better form tackle him. Creak <laughs> my shoes all down. You get your right. first fine. Get it out the way. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. AG, uh, obviously going into the next league, you know, we have a bunch of different schemes here. Do you consider yourself, uh, an outside linebacker or a 4-3 edge rusher? Mm, good I question. Like, I feel like because of what I played at Miami, I feel like at first I'd be more comfortable playing, playing the 4-3 edge position, but I feel like I could definitely grow into an outside linebacker scheme because I also had some of the same looks at Miami as well. And, Pretty much anywhere along the D line, because I played the zero, I played the three, I put on uh, pass rushing downs, I played five, nine, and I dropped the coverage a couple times too. So I feel like I feel like I pretty much fit any team that's that's picking. So, gee, my my next question to you is because I you know I've been in the league for a long time, going on, on my eleventh season. Mac been in the league for a very long nine years, right, Matt? Uh, seven, seven years. Yeah. So we know some guys have you know preferences if they want to have their hand in the dirt, they want to be on a, in a two point stand. What is your, I guess, what is your go-to 
stance? What do you feel more comfortable in? In a, in a three point or a two point? What do you feel your best get off is? Three point for sure. I feel like three point. Yeah. Okay. And get off is one of the things that I've been, I've been impressed with. You, you got to be the first man off the ball. Last yeah. man off the last one to get to the ball. Yeah. Being the first one off the ball, that's something that you have really perfected in your collegiate career. When you look at, when you talk about, and I want to get a little technical right here. So put your coaching hat on for us, Greg. When you yeah. talk about rushing the passer, what is something that you believe is one of your go, not necessarily your go to move? Well, one of your favorite moves you like to pull out is your trick bag. Is it a bull rush? Is it, is it, is it, is it some, eight, four, four, yeah. two minutes ago? You got to get to the quarterback. What's your best? Hey, move? hey, and we we in the secondary. Hey, Greg, first rounder, get man, get, get get some pressure, man. Stop playing around. <laughs> That's why we draft you. What you gonna give us? What kind what of move you gonna, you gonna give us? I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a hezzy with like a side swipe, so a double hand swipe, and I'm gonna rip under, and I'm gonna get the sack. Okay, oh. I like yeah. that. So you're so going to give him a hesitation, a slight hesitation. I hesitation inside just to get him to stop his feet and maybe stop his his uh his kick set, and then I'm gonna uh-huh. take him around the edge and but always make sure I finish with my rip. And I'm also keep working my hands because some people throw their throw their uh, two hand slot once, but a lot of times I know in the league tackles gonna be way better. So I'm gonna definitely throw it a couple times. I'm gonna be like like a windshield wiper do it like, <laughs> across the edge. Got to. So gee, so I was like going back again. I played in, in this league a very long time. Yeah. So you have to be, especially nowadays, you have to be very versatile. You have to be able to play left. You have to be able to play right. So do you feel like you're very versatile as a player or you're just a slow, slow, a solely left or a right guy? Do you feel your best move come off your left? Do you feel your best move come off the right? Like how, how do you feel? Uh, how you feel about that? I feel like I could play both for sure and I could definitely get production out of both sides. But like, I feel like there's different nuances in my game where it's like there's some things I might do better on the right than I do on the left. Like, for example, if you're a corner, you might press better on your left with right. his hand first and then vice versa, like switched around. So I feel like I have kind of those, but I, I feel like a big part of that is knowing what you're strong at on both sides of the ball. Right. Okay. I like it. I like it. Last question before we transition to the superlative part of this show. You and Jalen Phillips could be the first set of defensive ends to go in the first round since 2006. Uh, Mario Williams and Manny Lawson out of the uh, North Carolina State. Yeah. Do you have any? And, and Jalen balled out this year. He actually wore your number uh, that you wore in 2019. Do you have any regret not being able to play on the same field with Jalen? Because if man, I I, man. I was I was happy I was happy you opted out because when y'all got Jalen Phillips, I'm like, boy, they got Greg on that D line. Man, yeah. that might be tough. But <laughs> do you have any regret not actually being able to play with Jalen? I want to say it's like a regret, but. I, a part of me definitely wishes wishes I did. I feel like that would have been sick. Oh, that man. Been a lot of fun for sure. Man, no, it wouldn't have been fun for quarterbacks. <laughs> I wouldn't. Exactly. <laughs> no, I definitely wouldn't. But, I mean, yeah, I, I wish I – I kind of wish I did play with him. But, also, I'm super happy to see the success that he had. And, yeah. hopefully, God willing, we both go first round. That'd be that'd be an, that'd be an amazing – that'd be an amazing experience for sure. Hey, real quick, I'll let you go on the last uh, on the last question. I actually had an opportunity to be recruited by Mark Rick. Can you give us any insight yeah. on Coach Mark? Okay, okay. He's he's, <laughs> chill. he's like he's slow talking, like, hey, how you how are you doing? Like he's a God fearing man, but he's really a great person. You know, I learned a lot from him for sure. He's like he's a great coach and he was like a father figure to a lot of the kids on our team, you know, that that never really had that. So I feel like he's a great guy. He works for AC Network now. I still keep in touch with him. He's he's somebody that's just he's easy to root for, you know. He's he's an awesome yeah. dude. Now, yeah, I, I will say that Mark is definitely one of the slowest talking guys I've ever met. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's great, though. Know? <laughs> All right, we go. We, so we go transition to the superlative part. It's like a little two minute warning type situation. Not a two minute warning, but a two minute drill. No huddle. Hit you with rapid fire question, Greg, to see exactly how you adjust and still be able to get pressure on the quarterback. First question for you. Player most like you that's currently in the NFL. Calais Campbell. Okay. Ooh, okay. Like you know who I was going to say. I like the Calais Campbell uh comparison as well, but I was going to say Miles Garrett. I knew you. Was, I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say the same. Maybe it's the complete the same college number, but the body type. You know yeah, what I mean? Y'all yeah. resemble a lot from the body type from the measure. Monster man. He's a monster. I watch him a lot on film. No okay. question. Or um. Carlos Dunlap, Dunlap is a little bit heavier, but when he was in, um, when Cincinnati. he was at Florida, 
No, when yeah. is that? I'm talking about back in his college days. Yeah. You guys um, resemble the same um, body structure as well. That yeah. was a, he was an animal as well. Yeah. Uh, the school you hate more, Florida State or Florida? Mm-hmm. Florida State. Florida State. Why? I just, Florida State, I don't know. Something, actually, what they did to me, this isn't the only reason I hate them, but they did. I went to the camp and they didn't offer me. And I was, uh, like, and for a second, for a slight second, I, uh, I kind of want to go there just a little bit. It's a little tiny. Uh, if 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 they would have offered you, would you you know would it? Could you see yourself in that garden and go if they would have offered you? Like no, that camp? No. <laughs> so what you why you wanted to offer then? You would uh, probably you say you, when I was a freshman in high school. You just wanted to offer that. That's what. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Let's say Greg, if they would have offered you as a freshman in high school, right, and enrolled with you the entire journey throughout high school, huh? The answer is no, bro. It's no. <laughs> He don't want to put that on tape. He don't put that on record. He don't want to put that on all record. It's okay, it's okay Greg. We ain't going to tell nobody. If you want to go to Florida State, it's all right. It happens. Oh, y'all funny. <laughs> it happens, you know. All right. Best sideline prop you've seen besides the raggedy turnover chain. Oh. He said raggedy. Oh, yeah, he called raggedy. it raggedy, G. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, your boy made that. AJ the jeweler made right, that. Right. My bad, AJ. My bad. It ain't raggedy, <laughs> but... I say the the backpack is the worst, but I say the second best is the uh what Georgia the Georgia Bulldogs uh, turnovers. The, the, they got the, the, the shoulder pads. pads right with the spikes. That was fire. Yeah, that's yeah. fire. That's fire. Yeah, that, that is fire. Right right. And we don't got no more backpack. That backpack is long gone. That's disco oh, dead. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, the backpack gone. That backpack gone. <laughs> I got one more for you, man. Your best sack celebration. Uh. That sack celebration. You better start working on it. Yeah, I know. I, I need to start working on it. But Florida State, I was waving at the crowd the whole game after I got my sacks. It's that was just like, uh, like, see you later, bye bye. It's, like, it's like have a have a great night. You know, thanks for coming out. But we just put the beat down. We had to. We had to do it to him. What? We gonna we gonna we not gonna have this part of the show. We gonna cut that out. <laughs> Eric, to, edit that out, Eric. Don't you put it in. There. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but real talk, man, Greg, it's a pleasure, man. You great individual, high character guy. Uh, we, we, we gonna be watching the draft. Uh-huh. And outside of you being from Miami, I'm, I'm a root for you to, to go into a good situation and get high. Go draft, get drafted high, man. So thank you for joining us here. All things covered. You did well in the superlative part. You got two pressures in a sack and a forced fumble. <laughs> we won the ball game. We won the you ball won, game. <laughs> yeah. But, but appreciate you joining us here, man. All things covered, man. Best, best of luck to you and your family and whatever organization draft you. They got it. They getting the pro bowler. Thank yes, you, sir. man. Appreciate that. God bless. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all reaching out and having me. Thank you. Thanks again to Gregory Russo and thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of All Things Covered. If you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe and leave a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back soon where you can expect all things to be covered. Peace. Peace.